science by definition allows for more than one opinion, otherwise you merely have the will of one man, which is the basis of cult. If it's not in the frame, it doesn't exist. I'm as bad as hell, but I'm not gonna take this anymore! I'm funny how? I mean funny like I'm a clown and you lose Where you been? Drunk. Wendy? <laughs> Darling? Light of my life. Oh! What is your one purpose in life? Could blow it, of course. I like death with sex. How about you, Kate? You like sex with death? Now I feel silly. No, just kidding. You did. You did. He called in for good, bad, and the weird. He did call in for good, bad, and the weird. Okay, good. I was like, I was like, I'm pretty sure he did, but yeah, he. uh, I mean, I guess he did. He did drop some tasty knowledge on us. So. Sorry. Yeah. Yeah. This uh, western westerns are good. I I like westerns. Yeah. I think we should talk about them. Yeah, this, so this is the this is the Cult of Cinema Knowledge podcast. I'm Levi, and that's Jordan over there. Hello. Hello. I always love how it, like, takes you, it always takes you by surprise. Like, Cult of Cinema Knowledge is just right behind you, and it's, like, comes up, and you're like, oh, God. I'm it's always right af- here. I'm always afraid I'm going like, to say I'm a like different it. podcast, you know? Like- <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Welcome to, welcome to Cinema Ramble. Yeah, something. Like, I don't know. I'm just going to be like, I'm Joe Rogan. Oh, wait. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, God no. Uh, anyway, so we're talking Western well, movies. This is unfor- unfortunately we've had a somewhat of a short er month with Western since we went a little bit longer. So, but it, it's kind of interesting because the first movie we watched was Good, Bad, and the Weird. Then we watched last week In a Valley of Violence, and then this week we watched the the the, the granddaddy Sergio Leone's. Uh, the Good, the Bad, and the Ugly, which I think is kind of perfect, having watched The Good, the Bad, and the Weird. Kind of sandwiched the movies together, in a way. Uh, when I think it's funny, we were just uh, off off the mic. We were talking about watching a third movie. Watching, like, basically the the, oh, um, yeah. <laughs> the sequel of, of a movie, the third sequel, whatever that's called. And, uh, but this is, this technically is a sequel, but like canon wise it's this is a prequel it was it takes place before a fistful of dollars and for a few dollars more does it yeah because so i had watched <laughs> i had watched all of those movies back in the great era of junior high Same. uh when i watched so many movies just like filled my brain up with movies every minute every day and uh i had forgotten them almost entirely and they all kind of blended together and this movie i only remembered a couple scenes from it so i didn't even like on my letterbox yeah i didn't even mark that i'd seen it before because it was a lot of it was really new to me and even the scenes i did remember i misremembered because <laughs> i did not well, like <laughs> i so i did the same exact thing you did and i watched i watched the samurai counterpart the essentially the like original template or like you know the act structure of the westerns that we kind of are familiar with now and westerns that kind of really became popular in the 60s and 70s they started back in like the 50s with samurai movies yeah and then like it Yo, is, and yojimbo it, yeah. is yojimbo has... which is i can't remember yojimbo and senjuro those are fistful of dollars for a few dollars more can't remember exactly which one is their counterpart but anyhow that's that's kind of what we got here, and that's so I've got like all of these movies, like all like famous scenes crammed into my head, and then Once Upon a Time in the West, I've seen that movie as well. Yeah, but I'm like I ex- I've kind of forgot. I thought there was a guy who played the harmonica in The Good, the Bad, and the Ugly, <laughs> yeah, but dude, that's in all... Once Upon a Time in the West. Yeah. And so I like the whole time I was like, is there isn't like the main guy playing the harmonica? And I was like, oh no, he's not even in this movie. <laughs> There's like so much like Western sludge. <laughs> Just like yeah. just a chunk of my brain that's just like called Western movies, and they're yeah, all yeah. like all the cliches like fit together. Like obviously, uh, Clint Eastwood and Sergio Leone is like the the big highlight of that with the movies we were just talking about, and like Once Upon a Time in the West, which is probably the goat for me. Well, see, um, the funny thing is, I actually have a little tidbit. I got a got a, a couple little tidbits here. But all right, let's, good, let's just the, calm down. Okay, well, I you just... got some tidbits for this movie. Do you want to read a synopsis yes. for okay. anyone who's yeah. not seen this movie and doesn't know what the fuck? Like, are we talking about Japanese okay. samurai movies? Are we talking about we're talking about the good, the bad, Westerns. and the ugly, the super yeah. famous? You know what I'm talking about? Wah, 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 that one. 
Right, right, right. <laughs> this is, yeah, this is like... That's like what it's most, most famous for to your average Joe. Right, and this is one of the most famous, just worldwide Western films. And then outside of that, just kind of normal film itself. Did you know? I can't. I can't help it. Dude. I got tidbits. I can't. Before we get into it, I just had to say this is I wild see. to me. You're no, there's no it's, video on this episode, but he's got tidbits coming out of his ears. Yeah, it's terrific. I just I gotta get them out, or I won't be able to say any more words. But just this one, and then they'll 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 sprinkle in throughout. But this is this is the highest rated movie on IMDb that it never that didn't get a single Oscar nomination. I saw something like that. Like I saw like a little That's trivia what? nugget, a little tidbit. Uh, it probably <laughs> fell if, out of your if face. You will. And, yeah. And, <laughs> if you will. Uh, I saw that and I didn't know I was going to look it up and be like, that can't be true. And um, so it must be then, huh? That's insane to me. Yeah, that's that's wild. Because it's like Westerns yeah. were, I mean, especially in this time, this was like the peak of the Western. It's like the right. si- the 60s, I think, was probably arguably like the high, the high, uh, like in America anyway, like the, well, the but most. Well, but in a- but in America, we we were so clean cut, and this was too this was too real and raw. That's true. And let me get let me get into quote, it. I'll spaghetti give you a... westerns. It's like everyone. Well, right. I used to be salty that about the dub, but now I'm like, this is, oh, this, I'm, I'm charmed by the dub it's now. So no, I loved it. Even when I was even when I was younger, I was like, this is the like, this only is thing so sick. because it's like this. It had to be <laughs> like the dub. Anyway, what's the dub? <laughs> <laughs> yeah? Okay, guys. All right, everybody, everyone out there, my 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 friends uh, in in the podcast world. I'm going to read you my wonderful, beautiful synopsis that will shed light about the movie we're talking about right now. Okay. The Good, the Bad, and the Ugly. Admits the American Civil War, three men set off to find uh, $200,000 of buried gold coins. Tuco, the ugly, and Blondie, the good, have known each other over some time, now running a grift that involves collecting the bounty on Tuco's head uh, and then saving him before he's uh, before the noose tightens around his neck. Their relationship is tested after some back and forth attempted murder, uh, when by chance they come across a dying man, Bill Carson, who tells them of a treasure uh, in stolen gold coins. He tells Tuco the name, and then he tells Blondie the cemetery. Or excuse me, oh my God, he tells Tuco the name of the cemetery, and then he tells Blondie the name of the grave where the gold is buried. Uh, with a still rocky relationship, the two men um, have good reason to keep each other alive. The third man, Angel Eyes, the bad, hears of the gold stashed from someone that hired him as a gunslinger. He knows to keep an ear out for the name Bill Carson. The three uh, ultimately meet in a showdown on Sad Hill, the cemetery with all the coins. The bad meets his demise, leaving the ugly and the good to the spoils. And that is just like basically about an hour of a three-hour movie <laughs> yeah pretty much but yeah I mean, you nailed it pretty good i mean i i, I guess right, it was beautiful it. and great as you said or whatever but uh <laughs> it's it's an interesting point that it was uh you made such a point to clarify and i i do think it justifies it is that uh that's such a good simple plot device to like keep these two characters working together it's like they both have one piece of the of like the treasure because yeah. it's like the counterpoint of like good bad and the weird where it's just like it's this MacGuffin map that any one person can control but it's like these two rivals slash enemies slash friends kind of like they would have probably killed each other because they're so volatile but they that, can't yeah. because it's like they have to end up working together to get this and then that, they don't trust each is, other yeah even though I think Blondie, which, you know, for even though he's the man with no name or whatever, but we'll just, you know, old, old Blonders over there, um, even though I think it was a pretty douchey move that he didn't trust Tuco, which, you know, I can't blame him, like later in the yeah. movie, where they have their coming to moment together, and Tuco does tell him, like he tells him the truth, and then Blondie lies to him, and then it's revealed later that he lies, um, and I'm like, you're supposed to be the good lion sack even the ugly i know had this arc where he's like okay i don't trust anyone but i guess i can trust you my friend i guess we are friends after what we've been through together well yeah and apparently it's been like almost a year like the whole movie takes place over like a year that makes sense i mean it's got like a pretty big pacing you know yeah well there's a there's a time where there's a 
a point in the movie where someone says like you know it's been over eight months since i've seen you right. so you know you know at least it's been like oh yeah when, when that last. random guy from the very beginning of the movie shows up yeah and yeah, yeah kills him uh and he, in the he blew his <laughs> yeah. he blew his arm off yeah that's so <laughs> sick dude Oh man! Dude, this, I saw this, him, and I'm like, yeah. "Is that the guy from the beginning of the movie? What the fuck?" Yeah. <laughs> well, and it—it's almost like this is wild. So, what like Sergio Leone does with his camera work is he'll like his extreme close-ups. Like he didn't—he didn't invent that, of course, but he—he he perfected it. He's that, the master the, of it, honestly. Like, yeah, he's got the be. timing, and like it just—I mean, it—it's like it's poetry in motion, dude. When it like with the music. And with the close-ups and it like, like their eyes darting, it's like perfect. And dude, Sergio Leone is a madman. He makes all those movies straight up, just just like on the spot, on the day. He doesn't write a script. He just goes and they make it. And really? I don't, I don't comprehend how people do that. Like, I'm sure there's clearly like, there's probably a lot of note notes scribbled down, and there's like probably a lot of workshopping with the people you work with. He probably trusts his crew you know, like immensely. And there was like, there is, you know, there was some tiffs with him and Clint Eastwood, but dude, how, anyways, how is that even possible God. when you got people speaking different languages? Well, dude, and that's no, no. Do you know what's beautiful? So freaking, uh, I don't, it's like, I'm pretty sure Eli, Eli Wallach, Wallach, maybe. Right. The, the, Tuco. The, yeah. 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 Um, he like, he doesn't speak Oh man, I can't even remember now. Now, see, I got my too many tidbits, and now I I'm mixing it up. Did, that did you see that one? Yeah, that one's he. Yeah, uh, he didn't. He didn't. I can't speak. remember. I think it's like it's because it's Sergio Leone doesn't speak English, and he doesn't speak like Spanish very well. I think is what it was. So they so could they, speak to each other in French. French yeah, and I'm like, God, oh, the which, fuckers both know just French or or, or duh, Italian. He doesn't. He doesn't speak Italian. Right. And, you know, and Sergio Leone doesn't speak English, and so they but they could talk to each other in French, and that's like that's just. That's perfect. I don't know, man. It's it's great, and it's it's wild to think like this movie is so coherent throughout the whole thing that like I'm like they make this without a script. Like he's just fucking riffing out there. Like it's so it's beautiful. I like that. It adds For, another layer of like of just mastery to it. It's crazy that that that's the case because I uh, I was gonna say this movie like most westerns are fairly coherent and straightforward, but this movie like for being a three hour long. 60s western like it was like very entertaining the entire time like Dude. I, I unfortunately had to watch it in like many chunks just because my, oh. small, my small children but like i was like i easily could have watched the, this whole thing and not been bored because it's I, like it's paced out when it, like it knows when to be kind of slow but then it like it knows when it has to have the action but it's also just got so much tension just like in between the scenes and the characters and the way it's shot. Um, and it's great. Like I'm always, I'm always on it. And even well, if I, is- even if I'm not like, cause I mean, it took like an hour and a half before Blondie and Tuco. I was like, literally like, when are they coming into crossing paths with the angel eyes? And then they literally just find <laughs> Bill Carson yeah. like, when they're out in the desert. Yeah. And I'm like, Oh, okay. That makes sense, I guess. And now he's like impersonating this Bill Carson guy. So I mean, that makes sense how they're the inevitable clash. Cause obviously that's like one of the only things I remember about this movie is the iconic. Oh yeah. Era shootout. Like if anyone knows anything everybody, about this movie, it's that scene. Well, everybody who knows anything about film knows that scene. <laughs> that's cool. just, that's, that's such a, that's such a, like, that is like the textbook example of tension, like shooting yeah. tension in a movie. Well, it's like, like, the, like literally look up, if you probably type like shoot, shootout film, like any shootout <laughs> in a movie, like that's the one. It's going to be the wide shot of the three of them in the cemetery. Yeah. Uh, which is, it's just so good. That cemetery is just so cool. <laughs> I don't know. There's so many, so many scenes it, in this movie are just so cool. And I forgot that this had like the backdrop of like so much, um, you know, with the civil war going on and they like, they're impersonating Confederacy soldiers. And then they're impersonating like union soldiers, like just kind of yeah. going back and forth. Well, dude, and Tuco getting like, so it's like this, this movie, it's wild. We're like, we're like actually, which is kind of interesting uh, with the good, the bad and the weird. The weird was quote unquote, the main character, just like in this film 
ugly. The ugly Tuco's the main character. He's hundred percent the best. I mean, he's got the most screen time. He he has the most screen time. Most lines, and he has like he has like the largest character arc. And it's like you know he gets to meet like you get his you get his backstory is really rich. And I I love like I love when he meets his brother. Yeah, his brother's like the priest. Like yeah, and it's almost just like he's just he even him saying like oh you know I'm you know it's like more courageous to do what I do, and he's just trying to like. But he's just trying to justify it, the, like the yeah. benefit of the doubt. Yeah, and he's it's like, like he and then he has to make a joke with it later. It's like he's insecure about it, but oh man, it's great. Well, it's great filmmaking too. I'm surprised they without yeah. the I've, no script basically, where it's like yeah. he says all this shit to his brother and has this confrontation with his brother, and then he like walks outside and like Clint Eastwood was dro- eavesdropping the whole time, so he knows, but he's just like, oh yeah, he just like plays it off like it's. A, Right. You know, he's like, no, oh, yeah, my brother, I just get that old chum. Like, let's get out of here. Well, and, he, and he's talking, he's talking, he's boasting, like, how he's like, ah, oh, my brother works for, for all of Rome. He represents all of Rome or something. Like, he just, how he boasts, like, it, you know, Tuco wants a larger life. Like, he, you know, he's he's always been running and he's always kind of been a petty crook. I, and, like, everything in his such, life, he wants I have it to such be a, bigger. I have such a warm spot in my heart for, like, the scumbags with the heart of gold. Like, mm. like those are some of the best characters, like, can be anyway, but it's just, like, he's the classic of, like, he's, like, this petty criminal, and he's a killer, you know what I mean? And, like, and yeah. if, if his, like, rap sheet's to be believed, like, he's just a terrible, terrible person, but it's, like, <laughs> I don't know, he's got, like, this, uh, this warmth in him, and it's, like, this, you do see every now and again, like, these bits of vulnerability in his character, uh, so I was really surprised at how much I liked his character, and, like, how he... By the end of it, I ended up being like really kind of sympathizing with him because it's like he kept wanting to be vulnerable. That's why I was like sad when it's like he was finally vulnerable with uh, Clint Eastwood's character by telling him the truth about his yeah. side. Like he literally laid down all his cards for him and it's like it's at Sad Hill Cemetery. Please, like, let's just, you know, go together. But then obviously he kind of runs away once he thinks he knows, which is like classic. Yeah. Of course he does. But. It's like he they, there's these moments that uh, just really makes him shine through. I think he's a really good character. Like I, I really liked his character, which is the actor must have brought a lot to it. Um, oh, dude, so much! It's like, especially so if there's no screenplay, right? For with it. There's, like, you yeah, know there's I mean, no, like, yeah, there's no, yeah, there's no formal. Had to have made that character, right? There's no formal screen screenplay, and you know he worked with Sergio Leone, but that this the part that he improvised like the strongest, like it wasn't even it wasn't even a character beat. Is the is when he builds his own gun? Yeah. To like show to show like how he awesome. like you know <laughs> he understands that like that that scene was like a hundred percent improvised by him like he like the shopkeeper in it had no idea what was happening yeah. like he was just there and so all of his like him, him like him taking the gun apart and stuff and like putting the sign in his mouth all that's like improvised that's fun and so it just it just feels so feels so organic like he just lets he lets his characters like work you know in the scene and it just it gives it gives a a deeper level and it's wild though i don't it's weird like watching this movie i'm like why is this such a good film like it doesn't it's just like it just and it's it's pacing it's timing it like hits every like the second you see or uh the bad the first time you ever see angel eyes and he just comes he like darkens that doorway you know and he comes into the guy to like get information and you just it like got me like oh my god it gave me chills like seeing that like it's the just, framing is so cool. Clearly was watching that scene while Mary was in the room, and that's that's uh, when uh, <laughs> Angel Eyes first comes to that like farmhouse and he like sits at the guy's table and starts <laughs> eating his food and everything. Yeah, yeah. And I'm like, yeah. that scene on its surface to a regular person probably seems so boring, but boring, it's so intense. Like I'm it's just watching so it. Like it's just like establishing this guy, and he's obviously such a threat, such a presence, and it's like the body yeah. language of him, just like he has all the power, and then like the other guy gets up and he doesn't even flinch; he just shoots him through the table, which <laughs> <laughs> is the best. I love it. Yeah. Uh, oh but, yeah, I guess that's not the first time you see him, but it, dude, it, it, it that that pacing is it, like it. It's funny because this is this is Clint Eastwood's like favorite movie, and I'm like, it totally shows. Like watching this again. Now being like, oh man, thinking of his like, Clint Eastwood's films, like he he definitely uses that that timing. The, all the cadence of his scenes are very similar, and I'm like, that's cool. It's like totally it totally works too, because like, Clint Eastwood's films are full of tension and stuff, and 
great writing. But I almost feel like the thing that Quentin Tarantino does, he he has he kind of overwrites his stuff a little bit. Like yeah. his dialogue for his characters is cool, but sometimes I'm like, this movie just is perfect. It's a per- it's almost like it could like it's a silent film the first eleven minutes, and then the rest of it I'm like, God, you don't really need it. when when people speak, it's important and they have great lines, but then it's like they don't talk a lot. It's not like dialogue heavy, you know. It's great. No, it's not, and it's got some of the best just like quick shootouts, which is like. The Western does so good is just, like, the build-up of, like, the standoff. You know, obviously, look, shoot up on the fucking dictionary, you're going to get the end. But there's so many times that happens in this movie when it's, like, Clint Eastwood's cleaning his gun and he hears the guys, oh, yeah, like, creeping so up on good. the gun. And he just, yeah. like, as soon as they open the door, he just, like, fans the hammer on all three of them. Just whap, whap, whap. And then he's just, like, the guy's dying and he just says, like, your spurs. <laughs> shoots him again. Yeah. <laughs> Well, dude, and then that's so many that, moments that, like that that I'm just like, the good there's a theme. tension and the punctuation of just like a right. second of violence, you know? Just... Yeah. Well, like uh, uh, a theme that happens a lot in this is when is when they say there's two kinds of people, you know, that that's such a that happens like three mm-hmm. or four times throughout this movie. And that that is a part where he's like, there's two kinds of people, people who people who like with spurs that come in the front door and people with spurs who come through the window yeah you know <laughs> it's yeah, just like exactly it's so he, great that does happen a few times because later does, then he's like yeah. there's two kinds of people was it those with the gun and then those who dig or something like that like yeah <laughs> and he's like you dig that's yeah. such a sick line dude that's so good that's such a good like it's such a good ending because that that's that is his quote-unquote the good like yeah. he, he doesn't he's not a cold you know, i mean because he's a cold-blooded murderer but he uh he definitely, yeah, he built a relationship with Tuco, and he he told Tuco he would split the money with him, so it's like he kept to his word, you know. But he made Tuco suffer for it, and that's mm-hmm. it's so good, dude. That ending, the ending was is pretty great. Beautiful. I, uh, the actor must have really been strangling a little bit. I was watching it because something I always dude. notice in movies where it's like obviously choking in movies is always so fake because it's like you yeah. know it's dangerous. I get it. But, like, you know, in movies you always see someone, like, grab someone, like, by their collarbones and they're like, ah. But uh, rarely do you see someone actually, like, like look like a convincing <laughs> choking. And him, he, like, must have really, like, been like, okay, like, there's no chance of me strangling. But he was, like, pushing on the rope because his face right. was just right. getting so red when he was, like, I felt that when he's standing on the cross at the yeah. very end with the, with the noose on. And he's just, like, he's about to cry, too. He's just like, Bondi, come yeah. back. Like. Yeah, uh, and then of course he comes back and he shoots the rope one last time. He's so, like, Blondie, well, you dude, I, can, I can tell you. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> I can tell you another fun fact. Uh, there are several. This this movie was like one of one of the most dangerous film shoots ever. Like, well, that makes every, sense. Sergio every, Leone's just like, just, he's just like, okay, here's what we're shooting today, boys. We're actually gonna fire cannons at you. So, no, <laughs> le- legitimately, dude, he was like blasting at them with fire like explosives were crazy and they're the two parts for tuco are amazing the the first time that tuco gets shot off the rope you know because he's like he's getting it's like the huge it's the it's like that's when they finally go through his whole rap sheet uh-huh. and like they say his full name and like everything and it's just that such that's like so beautifully written and i love that scene and it's shot so well and then he gets he gets the noose shot you know and the horse takes off and his hands are tied behind his back yeah he he like he he said in that scene he had to hold his knees so tight because he was gonna he was gonna get bucked off that horse at full speed. Yeah, that horse was and flying like, too. Which was, was like... flying, dude. Yeah, and that like, he wasn't secured at all, and his hands were literally tied. So he like straight up would have just like flipped out, and it could have been death there. And then the train, he he puts the chain on there, and he does it. He did his own stunt when he's handcuffed to the they, guy. Yeah, when he's handcuffed to the guy, Kills that him. train, that train was a live, full, full fledged, like functioning train, and it had, it had footsteps coming down. So like little, those like little ladder steps, yeah. and it came by and it whipped through his hair, and so he had to like lay flat. You can see it now. Like I went back to watch it. Oh really? Like, I'm gonna go. No watch way. It. That scene was cool. I liked that. He it's like, like drops. You see him drop and like kind of like look back and it's like because the thing like brushed through his hair. Dude. I was so distracted oh by the uh, the big bad guy with the scar that he like killed and uh, you know was like he like tortured him earlier you know yeah and, but he yeah. killed him and then like he put him on the train tracks to cut off the the handcuff the chain that was on his wrist and then like the dude's body just gets dragged like twenty feet under the train 
And I'm like, yeah, it's so brutal. I don't know. It's just one of those moments where it's like, hopefully they didn't actually do that to that guy. But it's just like, <laughs> it's, I, yeah. like I like in movies when it's like, especially back in the day, obviously you couldn't do it any other way. But it's like, you know, you just get a good dummy in there. And uh, yeah. it just like put them in situations where you're like, ooh, ow, like that's brutal. Like, well, how that happens, like in that scene of 20 days later when they throw the guy down the like, oh, like 30 yeah. flights of stairs and he falls down. And I'm like, something about the rag doll of it, like, always is so visceral for me. And in this scene, I was so distracted by the guy getting like chewed up under the tracks. He had like, the meat like, of him, dude. Yeah. yeah. Well, it's like the bones, too. It's just like he gets like yeah. snagged and it's like, ugh. But I'll have to go back and watch that and watch see about that staircase. That's kind of fun. Yeah, and uh, then and then that other part, Clint Eastwood almost got hit by that rock. Did you see that? Oh yeah, when dude, they, I did. When know, they blew up the, the bridge. Yeah, I yeah, did they notice the that because I was like, <laughs> I saw, I saw that. I was watching it. I was like, oh shit, that was real. Like I was yeah. watching it. I was like, there's no, they didn't fake that. That was like a real hunk of debris. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was like, and it was like a, it was like actual rock because they blew up that bridge. It's like. It's real life river rock like that came by chunks of debris. It like would have just it would have ripped his skull apart. It would have killed him. Oh yeah, I, think it was fine. <laughs> I love, I love it. There's there was a couple other incidents like that where it's just like this was just such a fucking dicey <laughs> film set. But I I love it. You can feel that energy in it. it like it doesn't you, feel you clean at all. Can. And I love it. Well, that's what it was kind of cracking me up. And it's funny now that that I know that it wasn't like a script because. Uh, you know, if there was a script, there'd probably be some guys, the pre-production team, like guys that go out, you know, months and months in advance and build this bridge. That bridge looks like it was built the day before. <laughs> like, yeah. it's such a, like it's such a long, janky wooden bridge. And they're like, this is the key to the union's success. And I'm like, that thing? <laughs> it was fucking, they fjorded the river <laughs> with that just barely that afternoon. Like, yeah. Like that thing. Yeah. No, I did. Yeah, I did like that too. And I love, I love how. And like it's so funny because all these things they work so well. How when when Blondie and Tuco are walking up, and then like all of a sudden they get they get stopped by the by the Union sh- soldiers, and that there's that giant fort. But but it's so it's so like it works so well. Like they I don't know why it's just like they it's like because they're quiet, so I, there's not a battle happening at that moment. They chalk you know? that up and, like, to like. That's like very old school filmmaking where it's like, we didn't have like, they're just like, yeah, we just got to move the plot forward. And so that's what happens. You know what I mean? And a lot of older movies didn't have like that kind of sensibilities, but that was one, the one of the few things in this movie that kind of bothered me is how many times things like that happened where it would just be like, Oh, here's what's going on. And then they're like, you know, like, Oh, a cannonball is going to come bursting through here because that's convenient. And then, uh, that scene specifically where they're like walking along and then they get ambushed and they're like, we're all alone. And then there's literally on the other side of that. It's a bush on the other it's side a of a bush. bush. No, it's, it's, a like, bush. it's like, it's like 500 men. Yeah. <laughs> they're just like chilling and they're like, Oh, rats. <laughs> I got it. Yeah. I guess we're here now. And then he just walks up to the captain yeah. and the captain's drunk and he's like, all right, I guess you guys are my second in command now. <laughs> Dude, that okay, captain's great. monologue though is beautiful. It is good, like yeah. I love, oh man, I love whenever they like, like they talk about the pointlessness of war. It's it's great, and like, but then you, know, but then the captain's kind of mad, and so he's like, yeah, let's, you know, he's like, he's like, the only way you can get through this is being drunk and, you know, being drunk and just. He's like, that's the one you know, thing high, we have in common. Power. Yeah, it's like the boys yeah. on the other side are just as drunk. Yeah, right. But the I I do want to I'm gonna defend I'm gonna defend the the cannonball blowing up and dropping Tuco on that scene when he's going to hang Blondie because they do that's one thing about this movie that they do a lot that kind of it's like it really stretches my my like whatever sense yeah just suspension uh, of disbelief oh is, is exactly disbelief. what I was thinking right but they do that a lot where like they go to kill each other but then they like kind of draw it out just enough so they can get away yeah and i you know but it but it like it functions for their character it so does it, well like, and it's totally the type of movie it is and the era of the movie it's like the movie has an energy that it's like at the end of the day like yes this is a western movie if you want to get down to the genre but this is an adventure film you know what i mean it's yeah. this grand it's this grand adventure for this hidden treasure it's like, it's like betrayals yeah and uh you know there's war and all this other shit and so it's just like that kind of stuff makes total sense, and for the right. for the and, context and then, of the movie. So like it's I was, like I, I never was, was like annoyed with it. If it was any other movie, 
Uh, depending on the context, I probably would. But in this movie, like, I'm just like, you cheeky fucks, you know? But, know. Like, so, it's, it's, but it's beautiful, though, because uh, Tuco falls through that. And then later, like an hour later in the movie, when you see when you see Tuco again, a, a cannonball hits the side of a side of a brick wall, blows it out, and Tuco's sitting there smiling. <laughs> He's like right. behind it, just there, so you know, like just yeah, thumbs right. up he and just, like, behind it. And so, yeah, and that's just like where you get to see him again. And you're like, you're like, oh shit, okay. It's like kind of cool. You're like, oh, this is like they you just reoccurring themes throughout it, and they they just work so well for the character. Like I love when Tuco goes and meets his like those you know his brothers, like the he meets the like his other gang his gang members and he's like talking about how he's like oh you know i got i know a good score where to get one too bad no one's here to help me <laughs> i know he's just talking and he's like this chicken yeah. he's like yeah you know kill the chicken roast the chicken and then yeah. like as soon as he says it the three ropes <laughs> come down <laughs> yeah you know, that's just cool. oh that's so cool yeah, that's probably a lot of fun man like i really it makes me want to go i'm sad because i uh started watching again started watching once upon a time in the west which is probably like my favorite, and I think mostly just because it's like somehow I like the score more. I don't know. Something about it is yeah. just like, but I've seen, and I, I want to finish it because I've only seen the movie all the way through like twice, but I've seen the first half hour of Once Upon a Time in the West <laughs> yeah, like, like so ten, many fucking like times. Same. Where it's just like the scene on the train platform, and then like the scene when the you know, Henry Fonda shows up and, like, massacres that family. Yeah. Um, so good. So fucking good. But I always yeah, get the I music mixed up because uh, I always say his name right. wrong, but Ennio Morricone, uh, or Morricone, he, his music is so fucking iconic. Like, people, like, he made this genre. But he also... Well, and he made, he made what Westerns sound like. Oh, 100%. Like, he, 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 he is... Like, if you hear another Western score after him, it is – we started doing it in America because, like I said, this was such a huge international hit. And this this movie – this movie's bonkers, dude. It grossed so much. And so it's like – it's just cool to see – it is right on the cusp of, like, change because – what is this, like, 68 or 69 or something? Yeah, and 68, so, I think, 67. Yeah, and so it, like, just kind of, like, on that cusp where, like, we started getting more nitty-gritty and, like – more you know quote-unquote authentic western because it's like it just it's nice to get out of the like the like you know black cap white cap kind of westerns that we used to have you know that's the, why i mean is this, we are such is, huge fans of westerns obviously but if you've listened to us talk the previous years uh that's probably our least favorite era like we were obviously not huge like I mean, it's John Wayne. John, and John stuff Wayne like, is really the guy that is but, really the Clint, but like forties and fifties. It was right. very much like yeah, it's this white hat, very classic, and I appreciate those movies for what they are for sure. But it's like it's not until the sixties and probably specifically with uh, you know Sergio Leone and his like right. sp- quote unquote spaghetti westerns that bring this extra edge of like this like not only just this violence but just like this harshness of like it's not like romantic like even though this movie is like oh this is a fun adventure romp to get gold it's like full of betrayal and like nihilism about like like war and like you know what i mean it's like you don't really get shit like you do get shit like that but not in the western genre before this very much you know and so it wasn't until that's why this era of the western and then going into the 70s where you get the really you get like you know high plains drifter and stuff like that where it's like much darker right where yeah we well, yeah where they really lean into the like brutality and the darkness this does still have this still has like some some you know i mean i don't know i guess a lot of western a good western has like camaraderie that's that's the point but this is kind of still teetering on like you know not quite God being damn. as like it's topical like yeah. you know they're just they're just kind of trying to be like yes war is bad here it is and then here are the people in the world so we so. need to do and we've talked about this before since when we watched goodfellas we need to do a specifically like a gangster month because i want to watch once upon a time in america again yeah well it'd be <laughs> fun to, we, it'd be fun to watch we should just watch the once upon a times because it's like once upon a time in hollywood once upon a time in mexico once upon a time in uh, oh, there's so West, many, there's once so upon a time many. in America. Yeah. I know there's probably there's probably more. Those are like the ones I could think of off the top of my head. I'm sure there's 
tons, but but Sergio Leone did do the first one. So yeah, once about Sergio Leone for the rules. So now now I'm looking at uh, Ennio Morricone because he only died. Dude, didn't he just die like last year, the year before? He died for right. Yeah, he because he did hateful eight, and that the when I do twenty twenty yeah. In Hateful Eight, I was hyped for for that. Like Morricone, was... like being <laughs> the score is so fucking sick in that. Dude. Hateful Eight, yeah, the Hateful Eight. I, I love Hateful Eight. That's like probably. I know. Uh, I've been thinking. Of, I was thinking about it more after we talked last time, and I'm like, it's so cool. It feels like it's like it's basically it's the thing Western style. <laughs> yeah, rules. Um, yeah. but do you know what's wild? Uh, Sergio Leone has only directed like six movies, and they're and outside of westerns, he's only directed like one. Yeah, Once <laughs> one, Upon a Time in America. He, right? Or I guess, oh sure, I guess I kind of forgot. But, uh, but no, no, he did. Uh, he did like um, what are those things called? Oh my god, um, bit like a Grecian piece. What are those? What? Like the colossal, colossal of Rhodes. Oh. You know. But then, but then the rest are like the rest are all westerns, and then I guess Once Upon a Time in America yeah, isn't western. But... That was like his first one. Fistful yeah. of dollars, few dollars more. Good, bad, and the ugly. Once Upon a Time in the West. Oh, I didn't realize Once Upon a Time in the West came after Good, Bad, and the Ugly. That's yeah. That's why I'm saying it's a prequel. So kind of yeah, fun. Yeah, Ducky Sucker, and then Once Upon a Time in America was his last movie. He he died in twenty. Oh no, sorry, I'm looking. <laughs> Never mind. I was getting the two dates mixed up. I'm like. Sergio Leone did not live to 2020. He died in 1989. Uh, yeah. But for a second I was there, I was like, no, my God, that was so long. And then I was getting mixed up with Morricone. <laughs> but yeah, once upon a time in America. That, yeah, he's really not made that many movies. But he sure, so made, an in, he sure made an impact. What happened to him? We got to look it up. Because from 68 to 71, he did one movie, Ducky Sucker. Then from 71 to 84, <laughs> then he came back. He was gone like over a decade, and he's just like made one one epic movie, and then you know, rest in peace. It's crazy. Yeah, it's crazy. He really didn't make that many movies, but they're all they're all fucking bangers. They really are. Yeah, I, mean, I want to. I want to see one. I guess. Well, that, I want to see. I don't know. Yeah, I was to say I yeah, don't even know. Right. I'm sure. I'm sure it's fine though. It kind of looks. It kind of looks like, uh, you know, your uh, your classic biblical epic type of what are those called like Grecian I don't even know what they, they have like Colosseum movies it's a Colosseum movie yeah it's called yeah yeah it. so it's your yeah just your classic Colosseum so uh, but, uh, let me see well I'm, let me look and see the reddit I know we got a couple comments but uh what uh yeah you, you did mention the money minute you said this it, movie made a boatload of money um it did how much did it yeah tell me how much it cost yeah, it was it was one point two million to to produce, okay. and he I can't no I don't remember I'm losing all my tidbits. There was like a <laughs> there was like a cute little way that he got it. It's like one of the it was like one of the the largest um, Western productions like ever. It was like the one of the biggest budgets, and I think it's just I think it's probably because you know the success of his first two before that. But yeah. anyhow, he. Uh, he got he got a really high budget, and then he crushed it. And Clint Eastwood definitely was like a big a big help in that because it made it international. But uh, it made it made twenty six million dollars. Wow! So, so in the sixties and only on like a million and change. That's pretty fucking good. Yeah, that's pretty that's pretty intense, man. I'm not surprised. I'm not... Like I said, I mean, westerns never really went away. I wish. Uh, just gotta get some other big ones. I want to see. What they, yeah. I, want to I see mean, what wa- they do. Watching this, it's like I. Uh, I'm just thinking of assassination of Jesse James with the coward Robert Ford, and I'm like, they they're so different in their kind of like in their story in their whole idea, but I don't know, man. That movie. That movie pretty is good movie. one of the best best westerns of all time. Certainly one right. of the best westerns of uh, you know. This century. Oh sure, yeah, that's but, uh, that, it, yeah. Easily, it it is the best one of this century. <laughs> yeah. Like... Oh god. Uh, so I got uh, Celtic Gaelic says, 
It amazes me that these movies were viewed as lesser than by some in the industry at the time. I think even back then, they were analyzed for the use of suspenseful timing. That Mexican standoff at the end, wow, still gives me chills. Uh, Agreed. So good. So good. Yeah, that, that um, and it's just I love I love like I love the the courtesy in those in the like in those triple duels like that. It's so cool how like they let them kind of walk around, get into position, you know, and then you just yeah, then that that weight, that suspense, it's so good. I know it's just literally like oh, we're gonna have to work for it, <laughs> you know. It's like, yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I got like three people say good movie, basically. <laughs> Uh, you know, Josh Lee, Joshy Lowe says, good movie, would watch again. Skeleton Ear Fist says, watched it a couple weeks ago, good movie. Uh, Mindland says, I love this movie. I first saw it when I was a kid. Kids morality thought it should be called The Ugly, The Ugly, and The Bad. When I rewatched it as an adult, I noticed how beautiful it was, especially the music. Um, although it's all beautiful, plus any movie with the scene where a competent badass builds his own Franken gun. Is a great film in my book. Yeah, gotta love that Franken gun. Yeah, that yeah, the gun's sick. And I love I love how it's like we as an audience don't know what he's doing, but like he's he's pleased with it and it does make a different noise. So I'm kinda like I'm just like I'm like, wow, this this is great storytelling because it's like I uh you know, I just I assume that he's happy with what he has. And the and the shopkeeper, his reaction's so good because you're like well, he convinced that shopkeeper that he just did something good. <laughs> I know, and then he, but then he just like robs him. It's like you saw that coming, buddy. Like, <laughs> <laughs> no, yeah, 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 yeah. Anytime, yeah. if if for all you shopkeepers out there, our listeners, if anyone <laughs> have seen enough movies to know this happens in at least a dozen fucking movies. If anyone comes into your shop and is like, "Give me this gun," and then they're like, "Give me that ammo," <laughs> that they, it's like, uh, you know, there's. I'm sure you know. Don't do it because <laughs> that's like yeah. between this, between like what Terminator, he does it. It's like always. <laughs> I always think of that other movie, Sunshine Cleaners, where the guy does it, but then he kills himself. Oh, yeah. Well, that's yeah, that's a whole different thing. I know, but it's <laughs> just like never, the shopkeeper's got more to clean up there. Quit <laughs> giving, quit giving guys like, hey, let me check out this gun. Quit giving, give me this bullet. Uh, thank you. Oh, shit. Now that guy's got a gun and bullets. All right. I guess to have it. <laughs> Uh, yeah. yeah, he's getting robbed anyways. Though, <laughs> no, he, he <laughs> he's he, getting robbed regardless. He's not coming. But yeah. uh, I don't know. This movie's fun. I'm kind of sad Western movie month's over, but um, I just wow. watch movies. I, I mean, obviously, just watch westerns or whatever. I also started watching Unforgiven, and I need to finish that one because I really, I really like yeah. Unforgiven. But like that movie, didn't that movie win Best Picture? I'm pretty I, sure. I, Pretty sure, if not, it was nominated for sure. And I'm like, I, I, that was another peak of like Western, a Western win in right. Best Picture of the Oscars, you know? Yeah. Um, and that was even because we talked about a little bit that like Westerns came, a lot of the original Westerns came from like samurai films, um, but remade in like the Western frontier because they're kind of interchangeable with the, you know, a samurai and a gunslinger. And then I wonder whatever happened. I remember some years back, someone said they were going to take Unforgiven and make it a samurai film, a Japanese filmmaker said that. Oh. And I, I never followed up on that. So I wonder if they ever did do that. Yeah. Cause I mean, you totally could. Well, yeah, easily. I mean, it's just, I, I love, I love, I love what the, like, it's like horror movies where the, the the social commentary that you can bring in with a Western, you know, and, and what it can just like, what it can mean to the individual and then just society as a whole. It's really great. And that Unforgiven was – I actually – I have a friend uh, that wanted a list of Western movies because they were really into it. They just watched Godless, that series. Yeah, Godless so, was good. Even though I, I, got, was I was frustrated about how Godless ended, but that's yeah. but, it, but anyways, <laughs> I, I on the list, Unforgiven was on that list because it's like – if you haven't seen Unforgiven, it's definitely – definitely ticks a lot of good boxes. Yeah. It's like – it's a great – it's like a – it's just – I love when – I love that like – you know, when the good, when somebody like has to grapple with like the fact that like there is no, there is no good or bad. It's like they're, you know, it's, it's always a gray area to survive. And so it's just like, yeah, Landon, that's, what, that's what's so dope. Landon texted me and was like, Hey, what movie should I vote for? Cause I want to get into what he's same thing. He's like, I want to get into more Westerns and I haven't seen any of the ones on the pool. Which one would you like suggest? I'm like, Oh yeah, dude, I'll put it on. I'm like, my good, the bad and the ugly is like, probably the most popular and it's probably gonna win 
so watch it. And then I was like, Once Upon a Time in the West is probably my favorite among them. But I did tell him, I said, Unforgiven is probably right. the best starting point, especially is, if yeah. you're not used to, like, such older movies. Because I know for a lot of people, yeah. that's like a... People who don't watch a lot of movies, sometimes, like, watching older movies is like... I don't know. Like, I, anyone there... <laughs> like, I know people that won't watch a movie if it was made more than 20 years ago. Yeah, Which I know. is well, crazy, they, which yeah. is, like, the 2000s. I'm like, nah, the 90s. It wasn't even that long ago. Right. I, I can't I can't I can't fathom not watching a movie like this because it looks so beautiful. Oh, it looks like, great. I don't care. I'm just like it's timeless to me. Like, it is, like, like even it just, something about that it, old school like Technicolor, they yeah. like it's got such a look that it's like I really appreciate the look. I don't know, but some people are like ah, it's old looking. And I'm like, yeah, whatever. But even Unforgiven yeah. at this point, and I mean that movie's thirty years old. So right, it's right. like, but that. That is that is a good point. If you do want to get into that's westerns, a, that's more I of think, a modern western, and, I guess. But it but it comes from it comes from Clint Eastwood, who learned literally everything he knows from uh, Sergio Leone. I mean, that's so that's probably Clint Eastwood's so best movie, right. like uh, from right. a, from a directorial standpoint. Yeah, no, I agree. I agree. It kind of like his whole career, like um, you know, brought him to a head. That that movie is essentially the like. You know, God, yeah, he the won, moral he won and best the, director for that movie. Oh, did he? Yeah, of best course, picture, of best course, director, it, best supporting actor but, for Gene Hackman. Oh, damn. Best editing. No, no love for Morgan, huh? It sucks. It was great. Yeah, it was great. But, uh, anyways, that that just brings it brings like all the morality of westerns comes to a head at in Unforgiven. I feel like that's that's where it's like it kind of draws the line where it's just like. No, what we do is bad. Basically, like it's what we do is like it's bad, but then it also in its in its in its movie in its meta, it's kind of like well, this is it's still badass though. Like westerns are still cool. Like that line when he just like deserves got nothing to do with it. He blasts Gene Hagman, dude. So Spoiler good. alert. Spoiler. <laughs> Spoiler so, alert. <coughs> so good though, but like so uh, I don't know, man. Something about but like this. Sergio Leone. <laughs> specifically i don't know like i his movies they do especially for the time they got like this edge to him and i'm like really because well, yeah, he, he does like the anti-hero essentially that, well, that even, like, but like you say it, like the editing it feels like it feels super ahead of its time oh considering it's so mature yeah dude it's like uh it's like i don't know it's kind of like it's pretty edgy i don't know just like the way it's like it's like it's intense i don't know no, I, I get, I get exactly what you're saying. It, it feels, it feels super like indie, but it's on such a huge scope. And I think it's because he's not afraid. He, he just not even not afraid. He just knows, like he has, like he has just an inherent rhythm of knowing when, when to have incredible close-ups, when to have like the two shot, when to have wides. He, he, he just does it so well. And it's like, and it's not even like he does anything super crazy flashy. He just does everything he does really tight, and it's like it's so good. Like that opening scene in Once Upon a Time, or in uh, excuse me, and well, the opening scene in Once Upon a Time is dope too. But in this one, the Good, the Bad, and the Ugly, that like just there's like the wide, and then that big ugly fucking mug comes in, dude. The guy, the guy yeah. that loses his arm, he just like it's so like it burns that face into your head. Like it comes up, like he picks his extras, he just he finds the most unique and like just like the most like real looking characters like well, it is funny to see clint eastwood clint eastwood and and angel eyes they look so beautiful compared to everybody else they, did, they definitely feel so like dope. talents on set everybody like yeah none of these other fuckers even speak english you know like like they got of these guys <laughs> in here and uh i don't know they seem dude they do they seem so clean and pristine right. and perfect teeth and it's like these other guys are like this is the old west <laughs> right here and uh that's what uh, we kind of talked about it a little bit in In a Valley of Violence. It's like one of my biggest pet peeves about Westerns is when a Western looks too clean. Yeah. And it's like, and that's it, like all of the 50s is like that. It's yeah, all it's, of the well, 50s. Because it looks, all so looks like it was on a set that was built yesterday. Yeah. And don't yeah. get me wrong, like a Western movie, I don't like it when it's like so, the, the sets are so dilapidated because yes, it is newer. We're in that time period. But the people were filthy. Dude. Like nobody, yeah, nobody bathed. Like, and I think that's why I love this because these movies they feel grimy like they feel like they're out in the west like Tuco 
sweating. He's covered in dirt, like, the whole time. Yeah. Like, oh, and the flies. Oh, the, my God. The amount of, like, the all the flies, flies that are the there. Flies, it just, dude. you just, like, yeah, it, it, it's just really, authentic. That's why, uh, my favorite thing, one of my other favorite West, Westerns is the proposition with, uh, John yeah. Elcoat's proposition. And, uh, the thing about that movie, it's just like everyone's so dirty, but yeah, it's the the bugs. Yeah. Like there's that scene where they're all going to watch that kid get whipped, and yeah. they're just the the townsfolk just have like hundreds of flies just like on their backs, and they're just like swatting them away, just in yeah. all the Australian outback, just covered in bugs. Like that's what's I don't know. It's like <laughs> when I see a western where it's like a guy walks in with perfect teeth and a perfect clean clothes yeah. into a set that looks like it was just built yesterday, and they're all like. All right, root and tune, partner. Uh, that's what gets me. So I, I appreciate because these movies, they since they were filmed in such a way that feel like gorilla esque in the way that he shot them. You know, it's like <laughs> even though it was super dangerous with safety regulations and everything, but he's just <laughs> yeah. like, we're just gonna fucking do it. We're out in the desert. We're just fucking getting on it. We're gonna blow this up. We're you know nothing fancy, nothing smancy. We're just gonna get in there and shoot the shit. It really adds to like. The, the rough and tumble nature that uh, you know, I think is required for a good atmosphere of the Western. So, anyway, that's all I got to say. Oh, yeah. That's all I got to say about that. What was your favorite part? And then we'll button it up. Dude, yeah, that, I mean, that is, that's a hella loaded question. Something <laughs> I really love is every time Tuco, duh, it's almost like I couldn't, I couldn't tell from context and like his character if he was religious or if he kind of – I think he just kind of tricked himself in being religious because every time somebody would die or something would happen and he would do the like the Father, Son, Holy Ghost or whatever the fuck that is, he uh, <laughs> how he does it is super fast religious. and exaggerated. It, is, it does know, seem yeah. like more of like it, not religious but more of like an actual just tick of like that's uh, just a thing. He doesn't know the actual beats. Yeah, I don't, he just right, is like that's right. what you do. As like a you know, and, God is an ambiguous thing, and like oh shit, yeah, death, death you know. I, I think it is. I think it's like a it's like a knock on wood type of thing. I think yeah, yeah it's superstitious. It's less yeah. less like a faith based like you know send that person to to God or whatever. It's like he's more just kind of yeah like superstitious, and he does that every time. And uh, I, I I loved it. I love how he like I love when he he'll use it in a lot of contexts where someone dies or if he's like telling a story and people are like no way are you are you lying and he'll like do it uh, <laughs> that that he'll is. Do it like, weird or do it like three times like <laughs> yeah 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 do it like really fast and like spastic and it's it's great but yeah i i tuco is probably just my favorite character i don't you know and so like Watching he kind of just on every part... screen at all time like clint yeah. eastwood was fine oh no i know my but... favorite oh clint eastwood i think i really like clint eastwood like i mean politically all that i don't know <laughs> i'm not and i don't but uh it's like cinematically i do i really like his look and I like his acting style, and so like, I, you know, I no, like. No, it, it fits. Quincy. It fits, but yeah. But I loved when they're in the desert, and Tuco's got his foot in that water, and he's gonna make him drink it. I was like, I really was like, I would, I, I don't get grossed out in movies. Like, I love Terrifier. I love gore. Like, I watched the sadness and thought it wasn't gory enough. Yeah, we. But watching Tuco's right. disgusting foot flop around that water, and then and then poor poor Clint Eastwood crawls over to the bucket and tries to drink from it. I was like, no, don't drink from that. Even though you've been walking for like a hundred miles Dude, in the desert, that's what I'm I was talking like, Do about. Not. The grind. Don't, don't drink that disgusting feet, foot water. His feet actually were just. I don't know, like. It just seems like they're like, just like blistered. Poured, you could like, you could drink out of the boot. It's full of just sweat and grossness, dude. It's so gross. Yeah. I do. I love. I like that scene a lot too. When Tuco finally gets to take, you know, I like it. I like the, the keep wanting ups because it's like they got this weird camaraderie, you know. But it's like kind of dangerous. Where it's like he leaves Tuco in the desert earlier, and then it's like he walks in through the desert and all this and. Uh... <laughs> right, right. I do. I love how. This movie does that a lot. Like we need to watch it again because the there are such mirrored scenes yeah. where you know each character gets to do one thing and the other, and it's like there's a lot of little details too, you know. Oh, so. for sure, yeah. So that's cool. Highly recommended. I, uh, what, what's your favorite uh, scene? You know, honestly, the the time when it really clicks. Like I really love the shootout, but right before the shootout, the perfect musical cue. When Tuco finally comes in the cemetery, and then the what is the song, the Hearts of Gold or whatever, 
Oh, dude, and he's it's he's doing the circles, but he's like running into like, the cemetery the, for the first time, and he discovers and the, it, and it's just like the huge white yeah. shot. And it's the music, and he's running around looking yeah. for the graves, and there's and like it, that stray those, dog like, and everything. Yeah, that. Oh my god, and that's like that's all improv too. Yeah, like the stray dog coming out and stuff was like Sergio Leone's dog that he just like throw <laughs> threw out and to chase Tuco. It's so funny. But this movie's, this movie's that, great. I, there's that this musical what, cue and that that scenery oh. was just like, dude. Yeah, yeah, this is what I'm about cinema because it's like. You can't get that out of anything else. Nope. You can't. It's just like the editing, the cinematography, queued up at the end of a fucking, at this point, and almost you're almost three hours in, <laughs> when he sees the fucking cemetery, the music comes in, and you've heard the music before, but this is the time that it yeah. matters. And it, and it seems it seems more it's fucking intense. epic, yeah. Too, even, it, even, even it's the same music. I don't it's think just it's, like, yeah, I think it's the same it, song, but maybe a like, different recording. It's like a little right? bit more yeah. like, all right, we're going to do it, and we're going to do it harder. This is the yeah. second take, you know, or whatever. And uh, right. But something about that scene, I'm like, I got I got chills where I'm just watching. I'm just like, yeah, buddy. Like, I don't know. That's a good moment. <laughs> that, and his yeah, excitement, is, and then it's just this like. This is filmmaking, baby. <laughs> oh, yeah. The whole climax is so good, but just like the start of it then is just like, I'm like, this is it. This is this is what it's all coming down well, to. And I. I love how it's shot too. It's so, <laughs> so it's good. like chaos. It's chaotic, but the music it's like a kaleidoscope. It's like it is. You're sitting there, and it's just like you get it. How they can frame Tuco running, and then it's just like the background is like so blurred. Well, and it's so it's like it's like beautiful. a circular cemetery, and so it's like almost like yeah. this carousel type of vibe. You know, it's yeah, like going yeah, around totally. and around and around. And then uh, I don't know, just something about the, like the symmetry of that, and then like everyone else comes in, and you got all the. Th- three guys there it's funny we didn't even talk about any of the similarities between good bad and the weird but that's why i felt it I know, most well, at the end but that yeah the, but end, yeah, the end the, and like good bad yeah. the weird just hit the same beats um but like but it just in a, felt, it in felt kind like of a, it felt like a week a week imitation yeah they I, ushered in I they're like yeah no yeah. <laughs> this this movie just this movie like i was actually really surprised i watched this straight up all the way through i like or actually no i lied because i i watched like I watched it all the way up until he gets to the cemetery, but right before the duel. So it's like, I, and I already knew, I've seen that scene like 20 times. Yeah. So I kind of remembered, I remembered all that. I remember him like getting shot off the, off the cross and stuff, but it's just like, but it's like watching, you know, I just was like there and then it was like, it was like 10, 13 or 10, 30 and I had to go to bed, but I was I, like, oh my God. So good. <laughs> I really, really, really want to see this movie on the big screen. And it is such oh, a big dude. iconic movie. I bet. It might, it, like, I could see, I bet you I might be able to somehow see it on the big screen. Like, I could see them, like, Turner Classic movies putting it in, set, like, they do right. that. Like, I saw, like, some older movies, they, like, Fathom put back on screen. Yeah, like, something like that. And yeah. so, it's like, this is one that, like, I'm going to keep my ear out. I'm going to look it up right after this to see if there's anything coming yeah, out like that. Because yeah. I'm like, I want to go see an old school Western on the big screen, but it's like this, I really want to watch again on like the biggest screen I possibly could find with like a booming, booming stereo <laughs> yeah. system. Yeah. Just film. Just see it. Just see it in the theaters. It's so good. <laughs> yeah. So anyway, uh, cool. that is Western month. That's good and bad and the ugly. Thank you for listening. We are next month. Um, we're doing it. We're switch, kinda, switching gears. Kind of mixing it up a little bit. I did. Uh, we wanted to do, there's a lot of good movies that revolve around, like substance abuse and like substances in general that kind of like, you know, the movies are obviously much about much more than that, but that's a good hinging theme. So next month we're doing kind of all those this next week we're doing, we did a poll for whoops for like movies that are like heavily based on like alcohol and alcoholism and stuff. So obviously what one out of the poll is leaving Las Vegas, which is like <laughs> the ultimate movie about yeah, alcoholism. Yeah. <laughs> really? Yeah. So, uh, that's what we'll be watching next week is leaving Las Vegas. And I shouldn't have told my wife, I tried to, I should have just tricked her into watching it. Cause she, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Hates. Oh, she hates Nicholas Cage. Nicholas Cage. And I was like, baby, baby. Oh, I'm Nikki like, this is early in his career. This is him yeah. playing it straight. It's not, it's he, not Nicholas Cage. He that won you know him. He, yeah. He won an Oscar for this. And, yeah. uh, I'm like, and she, I don't know. So maybe she'll come through. I just gotta yeah. tell her it's more important than just start, yeah, just trick her and get like, uh, I don't know, get, what what is she like, uh, The Real Housewives or something? Just get one of those DVDs. <laughs> it's really leaving Las Vegas. Vegas. I'm like, no, 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 any <laughs> yeah, minute no. now. It's like, yeah, you, can yeah, see, don't worry, yeah. you can see the themes. Yeah. They're very similar. Yeah. 
<laughs> but right. excellent, guys. Uh, so um, thank you to all our patrons out there. You guys rock. I think you're beautiful. You know your names, and I love you. And we're uh, next year. We're gonna have something set up a little bit more. I'm gonna try to get more engagement from the patrons to, you know, so we can like. I kind of want to get like maybe their favorite movie or something. And I can say it. You know, get like maybe their username, but. Anyhow, uh, the patrons that we have now, you support us, and I love you, and I think you're beautiful. And if you'd like to call in and leave us um, a voicemail, it goes to it goes to our Google Voice, so we won't interact with you. But please give us a call. Yes. Let us know your favorite western, your favorite movies, everything movie related. You can dial the number eight zero one six one three one five zero one. Very nice. And that will uh, that will that'll let us know. Yes, thank you. Check out all the stuff. Everyone who votes, everyone who comments, you're awesome. Anyone who listens to this, I really appreciate you making it through. Um, I've been having more technical difficulties, so hopefully I'll get some videos up on the YouTubes here in the near future. So anyway, leaving Las Vegas next week. We'll see you then. All right, bye. Bye-bye. Miss you, Travis. Miss you.